from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. One, two, Welcome back to part two. In this episode, Maria is going to be answering your questions that you submitted on our Instagram story a few weeks ago. So if you submitted questions, this is definitely your episode to listen to. Uh, We are going to be discussing anywhere from interracial relationships to red flags to how you can determine the one or if you believe in soulmates, etc. We can just jump right into the advice in public portion uh, I really hope you're ready because our followers had a lot of stuff for you. They really need answers. <laughs> okay, so first question. Do you think it's better in the long run to meet someone organically or by using a dating app? Do you find there's a difference between couples' kind of compatibility between the two? I don't think that's the right question. I think the question should be like, how quickly should I meet this person's friends? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you meet, I don't think it matters how you meet someone, but I do think it matters in terms of accountability, right? Like if you meet someone through friends, you can start making assumptions, right? Like, what are their values? What is, how do they define relative morality, right? Words of a feather flock too. Like we can all be a little different, but we're not that different when it comes to values and relative morality, right? It's, you know, that's a big portion of like how we decide who we're friends with. But if you're meeting someone online, you don't have access to this. 
you don't even know if they're in a relationship, uh, like already. So, uh, so what I always say is like, if you're meeting a stranger, like let's say you met them out and about, maybe you met them at a tequila tasting class, um, or you met them online, you know, make a plan where you have to meet their friends, you know, within the next five dates. Uh, like find a way where we can do like a group thing where you get to meet their friends just to verify that this person's a real person yeah. and not someone who's going to love bomb you and leave you in pieces or someone's going to scam you. Like people can still, I, don't, I hate to use the word ghost because I think it's not defined correctly, but people can still be cowards. People can still be bad people, but if they're not giving you access to their friendship circle, I think that says a lot. And and you can always communicate that. You could say like, listen, I've been burned in the past. I think I really value my, you didn't even say burned in the past. You could say, you know, I really value my friendships and I can't wait for you to meet your fr- my friends. I'd love to know when I can meet your friends. When do you feel comfortable doing that? That's and if they're saying stuff like six months, then you leave them. I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. That's, so when is the appropriate time to meet somebody else's friends, do you think? Like what? Should I think within girls? a month. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep dating you. I want to know how your friends talk about you in my presence. That's important to me. I said this on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I broke up with a guy when I met his friends. Um, I, I took a bit to meet his friends. Well, there's a red flag right there. But then when I did meet his friends, his one of his friends goes, well, what are you doing with this asshole? And I broke up with him that night. I was like, your friend doesn't even know me. And he had no problem calling you an asshole, even on a subconscious level, to my face. Red flag. Like that tells me everything I need to know. When I look at my husband, none of his friends would ever talk about like talk like that about. That's him. how you know. Especially to someone that they've just met. Like that's not even a reality for us. So you know, I want to meet your friends. Yeah, we hear from our listeners all the time that they meet some guy and they're always so amazing, and then they get around their friends, and he not only like his friends are being weird, but he acts like a totally different person yeah, like around they his friends. Yeah. And you need, and in this scenario, I think you need to give yourself permission to believe what your eyes are seeing and make a decision. And I think that's why people stay in really poor relationships. They don't give yourself permission to leave a situation that's going to confuse you. That's going to give you anxiety. It's okay. There's other people. Remember when we said one person closer to my person, that's it. Just more experience, bind your belt. So this next question is very loaded, and I'm sure the answer is going to be very broad, but feel free to interpret slash answer however you want. Make it as short as long as you want. But our next one is simply, how do I stop picking the wrong guys? Girl, we all we all want to know. <laughs> um, so this is one of our coaching programs. We have this thing called Agape Intensive, and that's where we teach you about compatibility and chemistry and like how to fix your picker. That's basically what the course is. So what that course essentially is, is... Um, Pretend that your dating life is an Etch-a-Sketch and you we shake it for you on session one and then on session two and three, we show you how to how to do the knobs to get, you know, to, to find the right person. So for a lot of people, their picker is off. And a hack, a really quick hack that I can tell your listeners on a podcast is to think of it as like, even if you don't want to have kids, right? Make a list of like, what are the 15 things you're looking for in a person that you could have kids with? Because that's like, that's like a big deal, right? Like if you were to, that's a real, uh, that's a real responsibility for a long time. So even if you end up divorcing or breaking up or whatever, you still have to figure out, figure out a way to communicate. So these are the things that, you know, if you're looking for a hack, like how to pick, how to fix your picker, just reframe the question. If I were to have a kid with someone, what are the 15 traits that they need to have for me to be happy, not overwhelmed, not disappointed, not upset. 
And also think about yourself too. How is someone writing that list and where do you fit into that? Okay. So next question, is it better to date someone very similar to you or very different in terms of personality? I don't know what that means. So, um, I think when people say similar and different, I think what they usually mean is like, I'm introverted. So should he be introverted? I'm extroverted. So should he be extroverted? And there's no science that says that introversion, extroversion matching is a thing. Um, there's plenty of people that can balance. Um, I think if you're going to ask me what should be similar, your the moral relativity has to be similar. So what does that mean? It means like, you know, if you're the kind of person who believes that a woman has to give birth to a baby, no matter what, you live on a different moral plane than a person who's like, I don't, I don't think I should be part of that decision. And that's just, the, that's just, that's just the truth. And if you, if it's funny how it's very pervasive in America compared to other countries in other countries, like in Europe, in most of Europe, nobody talks about abortion because there, it, the European moral relativity, the whole moral relativity is, you know, well, there's a lot of socialism in a lot of countries. Um, there's still like this concept of the government is not going to get into the same room as your doctor. It's even though the government is giving you free access to healthcare, you decide what you're going to do with that healthcare sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's so different to see, like it's, if I were in Europe, I could tell people, of course you could date someone who, who might vote a different way because they're not, they're not a lot of the politics in Europe have nothing to do with moral relativity. Now, if you go to England or if you see any country with a refugee crisis, there is xenophobia, which again goes back into more relativity. So if you're the kind of person, you know, England should be for the English, then you're not going to be, it's, it's going to be very hard for you to be with someone who doesn't believe in that. So that is where things should be similar, like your view in the world, how you deal with different situations, you know, your expectations of how things should be done. All right, our next question, this is personal. This is actually from one of our male followers, which we were really excited about because obviously a huge portion of our audience is female. Women. Um, yeah. Women. Oh, women. Um, look at me. I'm a walking red flag. No. So the question is, I have a crush on a close friend, and I think it's mutual. She said she needs time to recover from a breakup last year. How should I go about sharing my feelings? You shared them already. True. I think maybe they meant to phrase it like, when should I approach becoming reapproach yes the relationship that's really tough how old is this person is this person under 25 yes they go to in, i'm pretty sure they're in college because you don't want to be in the creep level either right you don't want to like you know i already said no to you why didn't you get the hint you know whatever yeah. exactly um you know when it's like that i i would try to invest more in like going out without thinking about dating so you know if they're up for brunch with friends um, not, doesn't have to be one-on-one and then you can kind of gauge like, what does that interest look like now? Like, are they, did they decide to sit next to me or across from me? Like, don't think that women don't subtly do shit like that when they're interested in a guy. Yes. Like, they'll wait for a guy to like stand in front of his seat or they'll nudge like, oh, sit here, you know, and you can learn a lot there about like, where's that person, um, how they feel about you. It's not, you know, I think, I think if you can feel some tension, then you can kind of kind of navigate from there yeah I've been dating my boyfriend for about a year and a half now and when we first started dating he's like the shyest person you will ever meet um and we were bowling together like all of us in a friend group we've all been friends for like years and I kept like tapping his arm when he laughed and like laughing at the jokes that weren't even funny and he wasn't picking up on the hint so on our first date I was like didn't you get the signs and he was like what signs and I was like I touched your arm and it sounds stupid coming out but it's so true if I liked a guy around with a friend group like I'm gonna find a way to sit next to him 
I will yeah. find a way. And if we end up not, like, there was one instance I can recall where he didn't sit next to me. Like, we were out another dinner. And just the way the friend group came in, he ended up not sitting as he sat, like, diagonally, like, two people away, but across from me. And I just remember the entire night, we just kept walking eyes. Like, we kept talking to each other. And I was like, yeah, you're into me. <laughs> so, we got, so like, you know, there's, I don't know, get out on that friend brunch. See, yeah. see where the seating placement is. It's so funny because Sarah swears, right? They should be like, he looked at you after he laughed. That means he likes you. And I'm like, you always go by no, that. No, because after, so after, to me, in my experience, after men make jokes, they look at the one person to see if they laugh, like right after they make the joke to see their impression, to like see what they think. And I She swear swears by, by this. I swear by she it. swears I've never by even it. heard of it. Me neither. <laughs> She's like, it's, it's a thing. It's science. I'm like, okay, so. It is it. Um. You know what I was just thinking is like how that advice doesn't really apply to New York because in New York it's mostly four tops. Yeah. Uh, okay. In Europe it's like six and eight tops. So, um, so like it's a lot easier to like not sit at the head of the table and in New York everyone's the head of the table on a four top. Yes. So, um, so I don't know. Find those community eateries in New York and go have a go have a bite or just go for a walk and see how they talk to you about things. Like if there's a bit of awkwardness, usually the awkward silence is like. Please ask me if you like me, but I don't know. It could be different. Yeah. Get away from texting, though. Like, texting doesn't mean anything at all. It doesn't even count as dating. It's just texting. I agree. Definitely. Okay, next question. This is also a very big question. How do you know if you found your soulmate or the one? Do you, as a matchmaker, believe in soulmates or that they even exist? I don't believe in the one. I do believe in soulmates, but with, like, a plural. Mm. So I think, um, you know... You are, so, okay, let's take two steps back. My company's name is Agape Match. And I know a lot of Americans, especially in the evangelical community, they hear Agape, or even people in the Baptist community, because Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a lot of things about Agape, but they hear Agape, they think God's love. And when I named my company Agape, I thought of the Greek word for love of Agape, which is still Greek for the biblical stuff, but um, I thought of it, like most people in Greece think of it as, which is Aristotle's definition of Agape, which, you know, predates Jesus. Um, and that is, agape, you know, uh, Aristotle believed that agape is one soul's recognition of another soul. And I think in life you are granted several soulmates. So maybe, I don't know if we, I don't know if there's a such thing as a past life, but maybe if there is a past life, like, you know, Sydney and Sarah were sisters or, you know, Sarah's boyfriend, um, was, you know, her son, in a past life or whatever. But I think in life you're granted soulmate because I believe in the anti-soulmate. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, but I have because I meet people for a living where it's like, you meet someone, you're just like, I am not supposed to know you in this lifetime. Like, I feel such an aversion to you. I am not supposed to know you. So if I believe in that happening, then by default, I, you know, I have to believe in soulmates. And I don't think you're granted just one soulmate. I think you have many soulmates, right? You're like, especially like, think about like your, the friends that you make in college when you're no longer socially engineered to be friends with each other because like high school, you're in the same place for 12 years, like, you know, the same town, you know, whatever, like in college, you tend to start meeting people and you can just, you have a lot more choice as to who you hang out with. Think about your friends you're going to have after you graduate college, like the people that you're going to connect with when you met at a business conference and you immediately think that like, oh my God, this person, I feel like I've known them my whole life. That's a soulmate. That's, that's the universe telling you they're supposed to be in your life. Um, and in terms of the one, I don't know. I think a lot of people can be the one. I think at the end of the day, you have to choose not only who you love, which is easy. It's so easy to fall in love, but you have to choose who you're going to like for the next 30, 40 years. If you believe in 
you know, all that. You have to choose to like someone. And also, not only that, you have to be likable. You have to do things that's going to make someone else like you for the next 30, 40 years. And that that is defined very differently for everybody. Yeah. Totally. Like, it's funny. I'll joke sometimes with my sister, like, I know my parents love each other. I know my dad likes my mom. I don't think my mom likes my dad. Interesting. <laughs> so it's, like, they obviously get along and they're still married, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I think my mom had different expectations and, you know, those were not met. But I think the day, you know, you have to figure out who your person is. So you could say your person. I don't know if I believe in the one. We did a whole episode on this like a few months ago and we said almost the exact same thing. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Looking at it in terms of past life is so interesting to me. I've never thought about it like that, though. And it's very calming and like makes me feel very relaxed. I don't know. Do you, do you think, like, do your clients feel like a similar way after you kind of share that with them? Or do you I don't share that shit with them. It's um, <laughs> way too woo-woo for the people that can afford me. Um, but, uh, I, I, look, you know, you're in, a, you're in college? Yes, we're both uh, seniors in college, yeah. You know, college relationships is also a place where we learn about ourselves. There is a probability that you're not going to end up with the person that you are currently dating, and that is okay. Not everyone is meant to go to the end of the book. Some people are meant to be chapters. And some people are only meant to be just a paragraph on one chapter. (laughs) Um, Take it, take it one, in relationships, I would take it one month at a time. That's beautiful. You know, see if it works. If it doesn't, give yourself permission to like, I don't know anything about you, by the way, Sarah. I'm not, I don't want, I'm not trying to disrespect anything. No, no. (laughs) This is advice for everybody. Like, you know, relationships, especially in college, are supposed to be fun. And they're supposed to be happy. And if you're not having fun and if you're not happy, I know it's really difficult to leave. And I wish someone told me, like, you don't have to be unhappy. You can just go. (laughs) I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything at&t are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season now's the time to buy at fisher homes for a limited time only enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375 percent apr 6.139 percent apr with these exclusive lower rates you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender There's a lot happening these days. 
but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Okay, next question. What are the biggest red flags in men or partners from your perspective? Ooh, uh, when a man says to a woman, um, what is a woman like you doing with a guy like me? Or if he says something like, I don't deserve you, I think those are red flag statements. I think you should abort mission. <laughs> because what those both of those statements do is they force you to like lower your standard or like lower yourself to help boost their ego their self-esteem, if you will, as well, but definitely their ego. So, like, what is it, you know, Sydney, if you, if a guy said to you, oh, I don't deserve you, look how great you are, what, what is your natural response to that? Well, I'm very sarcastic, so I'd say, yeah, you don't. But then after, I would obviously be like, oh, no, like, we're meant to be blah, blah, blah. Like, don't put yourself down like that. So, like, 95% of women, I have to, I'm just saying a number, but this has been my experience, would usually say stuff like, what are you talking about? You're at NYU. And you're studying finance. You're so smart. <laughs> look, you're, you're so tall. And look how good you look. And I love the way your hair looks. And you're strong. Like, where he meant to compliment you, which I don't know if you meant to compliment me, but that, the science kind of like a compliment, right? And kind of, right? It's like, well, what is a girl like you doing with a guy like me? Um, so now you have to lower yourself and boost their ego. So I think that's a massive red flag. What he could have said is, wow, I really admire Sydney's tenacity. Wow, I really love how um you know how you are goal oriented you you know and that sounds really unsexy i get, I get it <laughs> talk about like right like you can talk about what makes someone incredible without asking for the ego boost and i think when people ask for ego boost i think it's a way to like trick you into being in a relationship um it's like getting your guard down a little bit and what ends up happening is like three four months later six months later a year later you're now at their level. They've never rised up to your level. And, you know, from there, resentment can grow. I'm unhappy. I'm stuck. You know, you should be growing, not um, not making yourself small for anybody. Right? That's how I felt when people always say, like, oh, you deserve better. I feel like that's always been such a red flag, saying that I won't do the work to be better, but you deserve better. So I feel the same okay. way about those statements. Thank you. Yeah. I'm someone else who, who thinks that we can do it together. Exactly. Instead of saying stuff like, you deserve better. Because again, that statement, you deserve better, is basically asking you to be like, I'm happy with the way things are right now. And that's like, that's not, that's the cool girl answer. That's not, that's not a normal, that's not a healthy reaction. Right, right. And our last question for the day, I'm in an interracial relationship with big cultural differences. How do you recommend that I navigate that? Is this in college? Are these college students? Mostly, yeah. Either we have a lot of listeners in high school, but a lot of the people who asked the questions were college students. I would date with an open mind as much as possible. Like, I get that you might have a different race. I get that you have a different religion. Don't, if you're under 25, please stop thinking about marriage. Like, I wish you understood, you know, so much of the adult you're going to be is not fully developed yet. You don't even know, you don't even know what you don't know. You don't know what you want, right? And so, I think sometimes when people ask questions for clarification on being an interracial or intercultural relationship, 
is because they're thinking like really long term. And really the answer is like, you don't have to worry about that right now. I'd rather you enjoy yourself and learn more about their culture. They learn about yours. And when you get there, you will figure it out. But right now you need to learn how to make this relationship work and be happy. And that has nothing to do with religion. That has nothing to do with culture. Um, I feel like sometimes people feel like their religion has the monopoly on certain values. Like I hear Greek people say stuff like, well, I like to date Greek people because, um, you know, we're really loud and we're family oriented. And I go, yeah. And so are Jewish people and so are Polish people and so are Lebanese people and so are Italians. Like you don't have the monopoly on family values just because you're dating someone in the same religion or um, same culture as you does not mean it's going to be successful. Uh, as a matchmaker, I have seen countless times, you know, or I'll tell you from a personal experience, like now after nine years, my mother-in-law finally likes me. She didn't like me all these years because I'm not from the same village as her. I am Greek. My husband is Greek. We're, well, I'm Greek American. Like I was raised here and my husband is Greek. Like he was raised in Greece. He moved here for college. We're both Greek. We both speak Greek at home. Our kids are bilingual, right? Like we have the same culture and my mother-in-law still did not like me. Like just because you share the same religion or culture, that's not a guarantee of a life that's easier. It's just one less thing to think about, right? That's all it is. It does not mean your life gets better. So if you're dating interculturally, lead with your values instead, right? What are, what do you value about your religion? You know what's funny is when I ask people, like, what do you value about your religion? For the most part, not all people, but for a lot of people, it's like, I like family dinners. Most people like family dinners. <laughs> like, if you're going to talk about Shabbos, and then it's like, oh, well, on Sundays, we all gather around the table to, you know, with our family, like, you know, they're Christians. Like, okay, so the thing you like the most about your religion is not the religion itself. It's the cultural aspect of family, which is fine, but you don't, your, your religion does not have the monopoly on that. So, um, of course, if it's important to you, to, um, and I know this is not this person, now I'm just speaking to the audience as a whole, if it's important to you to share the same religion um, or ethnicity as a person, you do you, just know the math, right? Like when people tell me like, oh, you know, I only wanna marry Jewish, that's fine. Just recognize that in a lot of parts of the United States, there's not a Jewish population. So you, if you are in those areas, you might be in a Jewish desert. Um, and you might not be able to do what you think you want to do effectively. So just be more aware of those numbers and how long you're willing to wait if you're interested in having children or growing a family. How long are you willing to wait to hold on to that one restriction, whatever it is, culture, religion, you know. Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. We loved having you on. We got such incredible insight from you and your answers. Thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. All right, everyone, please make sure to check out Maria on Agapi's website, agapimatch.com. Amazing and hilarious podcast, Ask a Matchmaker. Her Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. Her stories specifically are gems like we talked about. And TikTok at Real Matchmaker Maria. You can send in questions, interact, or apply to her business's database on her website. We couldn't recommend it more guys that was so incredible she is so cool and so sweet and so intelligent lord knows city and i needed that advice so thank you guys so much again for listening to this very very special mini-sode we hope you got your questions answered lord knows i did uh don't forget to check us out on our socials instagram tiktok and youtube at crying in public podcast and if you want to hear more we are on spotify apple Podcasts, and iheart and really wherever you get your podcasts bye
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.